Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Local Youth Worker. Uh, if you tuned in on Monday, you know that we are celebrating the 300th episode of The Local Youth Worker. Uh, on Monday, we just talked about some of the, the behind the scenes, some of the uh, stories of, of kind of how this came about, uh, some of the discussions that were taking place in RYM as a, as a ministry and uh, some of the, just the brainstorming of, of what we wanted this podcast to be like and how we hoped uh, for it to, to serve uh, the church and serve those who are, are, are tuning in. So we hope this is somewhat of a fun way to celebrate the 300th episode. Um, you know, in many ways, as we said, it's surprising that we've made it to 300. But uh, for those of you who have tuned in a while, I hope this is uh, fun for you. I hope this is interesting for you. If it's not, um, oh well, we'll have some other episodes, Lord willing, that that you might enjoy. Um, but today I, I do have a guest with me, uh, Joe Deegan. Joe, how's it going? It's going great, John. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, Joe is no stranger to the podcast. Uh, Joe, I don't know off the top of my head, have, how many podcasts have you been on for the local youth worker? Do you know? Like three? I don't know because I, I'll get this confused with the parenting podcast too. And that's I've done some doing. of those. So it, it kind of ble- bleeds together a little bit. Yeah. That, that's what's happening in my mind right now. Um, but those who um, know Joe Deegan is a coworker of mine. Uh, he leads RYM worship. And so many of you who come to our conferences, uh, will see him up on the stage leading the musicians, leading uh, large group worship always teaching an elective typically, um, but he lives in Houston, uh, is married to Leah. He has four children. Um, and, and how old do you want to, why don't you just say ages and all that? Yeah. Ellie is six. Sam is four and a half. Will is three and Maggie is seven months. Yeah. Seven months. Wow. Man, that's hard to believe. Seven months. I know. She's I just know. now starting to sleep through the night mm. a little bit better. Like she'll go to five thirty or six, which is whew, that's a lot better than two or three. So Yeah. And look as we're talking about family, how about we just go ahead and talk about the the coronavirus <clears throat> a little bit? Um Joe Well I was gonna say it's it's great to see your face. You're actually one of the few people I have seen over these this past month because we see each other twice a week on staff calls, you know. So yeah. Uh, other than you, I haven't seen many people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, Joe and I, I mean, we, we have staff meeting, as you just said, we're also meeting with our board once a week, just at the time of this recording, uh, once a week, uh, to just talk about, pray about, discuss summer conferences, not knowing what this uh, pandemic's going to do, how long it's going to last. So, uh, we get to have some of those conversations and, um, Joe, how's it been? Uh, just, uh, you're at home right now. I mean, you just said four kids. We might hear some of them in the background. Who knows? Um, yeah. h- how are you guys doing dealing with the, the virus? We're doing all right. We're, uh, you know, we had a, a couple, uh, weeks of trading off colds, which was also kind of uh, hard. So if you hear me coughing on the podcast, it's just recovering from a cold, but so even that is scary. Normally a cold's <clears throat> not very scary, but when in the, you're in the middle of all this, you, do, you don't know what you have. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would say for the first time in a month, everybody in our house is healthy right now. And so we're, we're feeling pretty good. The weather's been great. We've been outside on walks and uh, overall it, it hasn't been that bad. Yeah. Well, look, we'll go ahead and uh, transition into um, really the reason why I'm bringing Joe on this podcast today, those who li- listen to the podcast and 
as I said, okay, we're celebrating the 300th episode, and so we're doing this in three parts. And, uh, you know, as I was thinking about how many podcasts Joe has been on, there's a sense in which Joe has been on every single podcast, um, if you think about it, because Joe's music is what is the intro to this podcast, and it's the outro um, and so I thought, you know, it'd be good to, to bring Joe on as we're, we're kind of thinking about some of the behind the scenes of the podcast, um, you know, thinking or just letting our listeners in on kind of some of the discussion of, of picking the song. And then also maybe Joe telling us a little bit about this song, a little bit about this, this album. Um, and so Joe, I guess maybe first, um, we can just talk about maybe our conversation of, uh, you know, picking this song. I mean, I can remember, you know, I was just coming on staff and uh, some of, you know, what I shared on Monday. Okay. We were thinking going in this direction of podcasts. Well, every podcast has some kind of music or, or jingle. If we want to use that word, um, jingle Joe, uh, for those of you who listen to the parenting today podcast, know what I'm talking about, but every podcast has some kind of music on it. And so I'm thinking, okay, what's, what's the music going to be like? And, Joe and I had had some some conversations, and so uh, you told me about this, or either I stumbled upon the album, and so maybe just start there. Tell us, okay, the the title of the album, and then uh, what we'll get into some of the songs. Yeah, so <clears throat> I guess a quick backstory: I was a youth pastor. <clears throat> sorry, I was a youth <laughs> pastor for seven years, and in 2016, I stopped doing that to do music, and I ended up recording an album called Cover and Title Page. It has 11 songs on there that I wrote, and one of those was a song called The Wedding Feast, which we'll get to in a minute. But um, <clears throat> while I was you know, recording this music, I was playing house shows and kind of trying to do the singer-songwriter thing. I was leading worship at camps and uh, kind of anywhere I could get my foot in the door. And I ended up leading worship at Middle School Texas with RYM. And you were there that week. I think this was in 2017, summer of 17. And you were talking about the podcast. You had me on, I think, one of the very first ones. And we ended up uh, recording one of the podcasts while we were there at Alasso Ranch in Texas. And you were talking about music and ended up asking, I, I guess you had stumbled across the wedding feast and felt like it was a mm -hmm. kind of a fun, upbeat song that might go well with the podcast. And you asked me if you could use that and I said, absolutely. <laughs> uh, why would I not want you to use that song? And so uh, you ended up uh, taking like little bits of it and putting it at the front end or middle of the, the podcast. And um, it's been kind of cool to hear that every time I yeah. tune in. Yeah, because and again, part of uh, Joe and I haven't really rehearsed much of what we're, we're going to talk about. I thought about not even telling him what I was bringing it on for and just trying to jog our memories. And so it's fun to try to kind of put bits and pieces of this conversation back together and the timeline's a little hazy. Um, but I can remember, I mean, not really knowing Joe very well at all. We, we had overlapped um, just various summer conferences when Joe was a youth worker, I was a youth worker. So we kind of knew each other, but did not know each other well. And so Joe and I ha had a phone call about um, uh, this, you know, wedding feast, using the wedding feast and, and kind of my, questioning was okay do we need to pay royalties for this are we going to break some kind of you know copyright law something along those those lines and just like well i'm the owner of it so basically you can you can use it you can have it um and, and that was right i mean it was 
Um, and I'll just go ahead and, and give it a, a shout out here. People should go check out this album. Um, I mean, th- there's so many excellent songs on that album. I mean, one that comes to mind, Hosea, is awesome. Um, Singing River is another upbeat one. Um, but Hosea, if you're familiar with the Bible story, uh, you should you should check that out. It's a beautiful song. But but the wedding feast is is also upbeat. Has some awesome lyrics if you you listen to it. And I guess we'll get into some of those lyrics in just a little bit and kind of yeah. walk through that. But but I liked the the upbeat kind of uh, uh, tone of the song. And so I thought you know what that might go well with uh, the local youth worker. And then I know sometime later we did record um, at Alasa Ranch. And I, and I know that summer we had. We had not launched uh, the podcast yet, but what I was doing was sitting down with several youth workers throughout the summer and trying to build up a catalog of um, of interviews. And so, yeah, you were one of those, and that was kind of the first time that we sat down. And, and at that time, you know, when I'm using this song and then I'm also interviewing you, you were not on staff with RWAM, and there was not a right. thought of you coming on staff until really maybe that, that week at Middle School Texas. So if you want to mention that maybe. So I was really pumped to be leading worship at the, the camp uh, that summer. And I ended up having some really good musicians around me. And I always credit them for the fact that I got this job with RYM because they, uh, you know, the music ended up sounding great that week, but not because of me, but because I had incredible musicians and singers around me. And so, uh, halfway through the week, Joey came up to me and, said, hey, I wanted to see if you'd be interested in leading worship at all the summer camps next year. And I said, so are we talking about me just kind of getting contracted out to do that or potentially coming on staff and doing this and more? (laughs) And I was kind of fishing there a little bit. And Joey (laughs) said, well, let's sit down and talk. And so we pulled you into the conversation and we all started talking about what that might look like and started brainstorming. And I think by the end of the week, we kind of had an idea of the potential for me to come on staff with RYM. And it wasn't right away. Um, there was, you know, we were going to need, I think six to nine months or so to work things out and, uh, figure out the details. But, uh, fortunately God was good. And over time, those details came together and that was kind of the beginning of that conversation of me coming on staff with RYM. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's so cool just in God's providence. One, Okay, we had had the conversation about me using the wedding feast for this podcast. You're not on staff at all. And then we record an interview for this podcast. You're still not on staff, but then kind of halfway through that week, we found out, okay, it could be a possibility where you could come on staff. But like you said, there's there's a lot of things that, that had to happen. And so it's just neat now that, okay, here we are, we're on staff together and we're, you know, recording this podcast, the 300th episode and your music's been a part of that. And so it's just, again, neat to, to be able to reflect on the Lord's providence at this point, mm-hmm. uh, in the story. And so let's, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the, the wedding feast. Um, and you know, as I'm saying that I, I can't even remember early edits of the podcast. I had an intro that I was kind of working on, and I just used the beginning of your your song, the wedding feast, as you you come in and you begin to sing, and you know the lyrics are a part of that intro. And I remember just kind of some of the feedback from the staff is, oh, it's kind of hard to have 
you know, some of your lyrics on top of some of the audio, um, mm -hmm. kind of the intro. And so that's where I, I took out some sections and kind of used the, um, you know, the more instrumental parts of it, but we always had yeah. the one, two, three, uh, the count that you have, which I'm not yeah. a musician. What does that have a certain name that you're <laughs> It's just a count in. Okay. And actually okay. that's not me. That was my, uh, producer, Josh. Really? Who, um, uh, yeah, he's produced all the RYM worship albums too. Uh, he's an incredible musician, used to play with Cademan's call and has done a ton of other stuff, but he, um, yeah, he was counting in that because he was doing bass and uh, and working with the drummer at the same time. And so he was the one who did the, the counting in one, two, three, four, and then all the music hits. Uh, ah, yeah, okay. so that wasn't me. That's funny that I'm just <laughs> finding this out on the recording. And like yeah. the and every time, I, I mean, there's no telling how many times. I've probably heard that song more than you have yeah. in, your, in your life. <laughs> and and to think like I'm picturing you saying those numbers and you yeah, know, it's, it's Josh, me. it's not you. Um, and so we had that, you know, as part of the intro, but then we, we cut out some of the lyrics just to make it a little more instrumental. But, um, anyway, that's just kind of a memory that's, that's coming to mind as I, I share that. So look, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that song? Maybe even the story, I know it's, it's saturated with scripture, but kind of how yeah. that song came to, to be and, uh, just writing it all, all of that. Yeah. So I, I, I took two different passages of scripture. One was from the parable of the wedding feast that Jesus tells in Matthew 22. And the other was from Isaiah 55. And so for the parable of the wedding feast is basically this. Jesus tells a story of a king who has a son who's getting married and he is throwing him a great big party, a wedding feast. And he tells his servants to go out and invite all of the elites and the nobles and everyone uh, who should be at that party, and to invite them to come in, and none of them come. And so the king then tells his servants to go out and invite everyone. So go invite anyone in the streets, the, you know, the the beggars, everyone. Bring them into this party. Put a new cloak on them uh, so that they can be part of this group. And we're going to have everyone that we can come to this party. And that was obviously a parable for what Jesus had done with the kingdom, that he is now inviting uh, Jews and Gentiles. He is inviting everyone, the, the lowest and the highest of us, and uh, that we are all welcome in his kingdom. Uh, but I, I was pairing that story with uh, another beautiful passage of scripture from Isaiah 55, and I, I'm going to read this one. This is um, Isaiah 55, 1. Come, everyone who thirsts, Come to the waters, and he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. I've always loved that passage, but I've always been a little bit baffled by that passage because I think it's, so I was an English major, and thinking about the words that we use and how we phrase things is really important, and I always thought it was a little strange that the scripture says, come and buy without money. Because uh, it's not succinct. The better way to say that would be just come and take. <laughs> it doesn't cost anything. You don't have to buy it. You just come and take it. But it specifically says come and buy without money. And I think the more I begin to think on that, the more I realize that um, what this thing that God is offering us, namely the kingdom, the wedding feast, the, the, um, the opportunity to come into his house and, and dwell with him, that is not free. It's not something we just come and take. It costs more 
than anything has ever cost in the world, but we are not the ones who have to pay that price. Hmm. Jesus paid that price for us. And so the idea that we come and buy lets us know that, hey, this thing costs a lot, but we get to come and buy without money because we're not the ones who have to pay that price. Uh, it, it is the free gift that God has given. And so uh, the chorus says, come and buy without money, come and feast without pay, for the king has opened his banquet hall to the beggar, the outcast, and the slave. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's awesome. And and just for those listening, if, if you've never gone and, and listened to this entire song, I mean, look it up on Spotify. I mean, you can go to YouTube. I know it's, it's out there as well. But just to hear it, because not only... To me, it's just it's a song that just puts you in a good mood because it is upbeat. It is, I mean, just instrumentally, I, I love the way you arrange that song. But then also the the lyrics you're singing, um, and what you just shared. I mean, what you just read um, from Isaiah, and then the, the the wedding banquet, the wedding feast, that the uh, uh, parable. I mean, just the the truths there are just so rich and. Um, yeah, if that doesn't make you rejoice and, and sing, yeah. I don't know what will. So, um, no, it's a, it's such an awesome song. It's something I wanted to get you to talk a little bit about too. Is just some of the musicians that were a part of that song and the instruments that are used. I mean, there's there seems to be a lot yeah. that's going on there. There is a lot. Well, first off, for the from the writing process, I I have a very distinct memory at my old house where we were living in at the time I wrote it. I remember wanting to do something along those lines. And I kind of had that chorus that I started with the chorus. And I remember sitting down on my couch and writing that song in kind of a slower minor key, which I don't know, maybe musicians out there will, will get that, but just using some different chords that kind of made it sound a little more haunting. Hmm. And I liked it a lot, but it just, I couldn't get anywhere with it. And then all of a sudden I, I kind of tried something different. Um, I'm a slow songwriter, by the way, <laughs> just a little insight into the way I write songs. I, um, I, I will kind of write and then walk away and then come back and play with it some more and then walk away. So a lot of times it'll take me weeks or even months to write a song, um, to really finish it out usually. And so this one, I, I ended up coming back to it one day and playing with some different chords. And all of a sudden it, it felt it it felt a lot more upbeat and it, it was like a completely different song with the same lyrics. And that's when it really started to flow. So I realized this song needed to be upbeat. But when we got in the studio again, I, I'm going to credit Josh for a lot of the arrangements and stuff that you hear because he's the, the mastermind, my producer, the mastermind behind the instruments and stuff that are going into it. He, let's see, I did, um, acoustic guitar and he played, uh, piano and bass. He also played accordion. You'll hear some accordion solos in there. Okay, look, uh, I was going to ask that. I thought that was an accordion, but I know I'm so ignorant to, to yeah. mu musical instruments. I was like, ah, I'm going to ask that and he's going to laugh at me. And it's no, going to be something No, that was a different. great pickup. It's ah, accordion. Nice. Josh yeah. is really good at accordion. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Um, and then there's, um, there's another musician here in Houston named Niels uh, Johnson who is one of the best violinists I've ever seen. And that's Niels playing violin on that song. He also plays in a couple other songs on that album, like Hosea. Um, and then uh, a guy named Tank Lizenby on drums, who is also here in Houston. And I'm trying to think who else. Oh, um, two good friends of mine. Uh, one of them, Daniel Campbell, who is the music minister at my church at Christ the King. He sings 
background vocals on that, and Grace Van Lowe, who is um, actually her name is Grace Thweet now. She's married. She lives in Nashville. She and her husband are doing music in Nashville, but she was in my youth group for like six years, and she is also singing background on that song. So it had a really good crew of musicians that made it sound really good, <laughs> better than I would have made it sound by myself. Yeah, it, it's awesome. And look, you, you were saying a lot there, just in how, how many total musicians was that, including yourself? Uh, me, Josh, Daniel, Grace, uh, I think six or seven. Wow. Yeah. 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 Well, no, it's, it's an awesome song. And, um, again, I'm not just saying that cause Joe's sitting right here and we're talking and he's on staff with me, but, um, it is one of those, uh, again, it just should put you in a good mood and, uh, everyone should, should listen to it. Um, Joe, any other thoughts on the song? Um, I know we'll start closing this out pretty soon. Um, I had another question for you, but any other thoughts you want to share that are kind of come to mind as you start to reflect on the song and, and putting it together? I guess one cool thing, this is, I'm just, I'm just giving you like background information. I don't yeah. know if anyone would care about this. Josh ended up getting this really cool studio that we recorded this in and it was down, um, in downtown Houston in the old post office. And they had a basement there that was a bomb shelter. And he was explaining it to me that back in, I think it was built back in the fifties and sixties that this was during the cold war. And so when you think about in days before the internet, what is the most important building in town? It was the post office because that was how you relayed information back and forth to people. Wow. So that was the place they needed to protect the most during the Cold War. And so they had this great big bomb shelter that wasn't being used anymore. And so Josh ended up uh, somehow finding a connection of a guy who let him rent it out for really cheap and he converted it into a studio. And that was where we recorded that song. Well, the studio ended up flooding during Harvey, so he doesn't have it anymore. No uh, way. Cause it was the bomb shelter was down in the basement yeah. and just, you know, water got in from everywhere and he managed to get a lot of his gear out, but not all of it. But, um, that was actually one of, I think it was one of the last songs that I ended up recording in that studio before Josh went to his new one. Um, wow. so yeah, that, I thought that was interesting. That is really interesting. Um, well, look, <laughs> this is just, again, related to your album cover and title page. Um, I'm curious, okay, what was the first song you wrote for that album? Um, and then also, I'm curious how musicians arrange the album, you know, how you want yeah. to maybe have different upbeat, some, some more somber, I, I yeah. don't know. And then maybe favorite song from that album that you wrote. Good question. I think, I can't remember the first one I wrote for that one. It might have been the co cover and title page, the very first one. Okay which I guess a little background on that, that's taken from my favorite passage of probably any book that was ever written, the, the last book of the Chronicles of Narnia, The Last Battle. And it's the very ending of that book where I'm, I'm going to see if I can remember this right. This is off the cuff where he says, and all of their adventures in Narnia had come to an end. And now begins chapter one of the great story, which goes on and on forever. Um, Oh, wait, no. And all of their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. And now begins chapter one of the great story, which goes on and on forever, which no one on earth has read, where every chapter is better than the one before. Hmm. And that's how the story ends, uh, which is really saying that this story that he told, as long as it seems, is just the beginnings, the cover and the title page. And there's so much more to come that's going to be far better. And that's a, a picture of our story and, and the life that we leave, uh, that we lead here on earth 
is the cover and the title page of the grand story that Christ is telling through us that will go on through eternity. And so I opened up that album with uh, the song cover and title page and closed it with a song called Further Up and Further In that is also taken, uh, a phrase taken from that story. So I wanted to kind of bookend the the album with those two songs. And <clears throat> everything in between is just kind of a random mixture, some kind of Christian stuff, some uh, country, some uh, love song for my wife. It's just kind of a random mixture of songs, but just that songs that tell stories, stories of life and, and ending up with the last song being further up and further in. And the, um, the theme of that song is essentially when, when we are going through really hard times, when we're going through suffering, things that we can't explain, um, the story's not over. And that's the, the chorus. It's a really simple one. And to answer the, the last question you said, that's probably my favorite song on the album, Further mm-hmm. Up and Further In. It might, act, <laughs> it might actually be my favorite song I've, I've written. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's, um, just from a songwriting perspective, it has a really simple, um, simple chorus that's really singable, uh, but also that says a lot. I think the other, <clears throat> the other thing from a songwriting perspective that I try to do in songs, but it's, it's actually really difficult. Uh, I, I've heard someone say this before that you want your chorus if you, if you can do this as a songwriter, you're doing a really good job. Your chorus should have the exact same words every single time you sing it, but it should mean something different every time you sing it. In other words, your chorus grows with the song. So, so you might say something in verse 1, and then you get to the chorus, and that chorus is describing something in verse 1. And then you say something different in verse 2, but your chorus, even though it has the same words, it means something different. So it kind of grows and I feel like this is one of those songs where I kind of accomplished that, where e- each section is is talking about something unique, and then we get to the chorus and it says, this story ain't over. And then we eventually get to the story of Jesus' death and being buried, and um, and then realizing this story's not over. Hmm. And then coming back to the story of our lives and um, coming to death itself and realizing that this story's not over. Uh, even when we have been in heaven for 10,000 years, as the song Amazing Grace puts it, uh, mm-hmm. the story's not over. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's probably my favorite one. Yeah, no, it's, again, a good album. People should go and, and check it out. And um, yeah, again, not just saying that because Joe's my friend and we're sitting here talking. But um, look, as we close this down, I do want to say this as well. Uh we don't know at the time of this recording uh, that there's another album that that Joe's releasing soon, but um, it could be or it could already be out by the time this is uh, this airs. Um, it could be coming out later just because of COVID. We don't know. But Joe, why don't yeah. you just a little bit about that album, then we'll close it out. Yeah. Well, I mean, to to what you said, it's um, normally you like to have the day of the release and do kind of a countdown, but um, I had that day, and. Um, Everything's kind of being pushed back, understandably, with all the companies we're working with and uh, distribution partners. And so we're really just going to have to wait and keep checking in every day. And once it comes out, then we'll start announcing it and telling people. But it's a, the album is called Sing Over Us. It's under the artist name RYM Worship. And it is uh, very similar to the first one in that it's just a mix of some original songs and some hymns and some modern covers. And the the title song, Sing Over Us, 
is taken from Zephaniah 317. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love, and he will exult over you with loud singing. Just to uh, hone in on the beauty of the fact that God loves us so much that he sings over us. And that is, that's such a descriptive detail. I mean, you can see that. You can see, like, if you're a parent, especially being in your kid's room at night and holding them and singing a song over them and just feeling their body relax and kind of fall into yours Mm -hmm. and just feeling that safety and warmth and comfort that, that that is exactly how God feels about us, that he would actually sing over us and rejoice in that similar fashion. Um, so I wanted to express that in song and then several other songs, some that people will be familiar with and some that will be brand new, but I'm excited to share it with everyone. Yeah, I'm excited to get that out there. I've um, gotten a sneak peek of that, and um, it's it's great. So, yeah, looking forward to having other people hear it. Look, Joe, thanks for taking the time to, to swing by and yeah, have man. this conversation. Thank you. And to those tuning in, uh, we will be back on Friday uh, to close this uh, 300th uh, episode celebration, I guess we could say, out. And the music behind me is The Wedding Feast by Joe Deegan. So enjoy that. Without money, oh, come and feast without pay. For the king has opened his banquet hall to the best.